Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, a, we're a believing church, and we love truth. We love truth. It's, uh, we welcome it. It doesn't matter how hard it seems to be on us. We love truth, and we love the Lord Jesus. So we're lifting him up today. We're celebrating our Lord Jesus. He is everything to us. I'd like for you to turn in your Bible with me this morning, if you would, to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're ministering out of series, and I'm calling it Qualified to Receive It All Now. So let's first person that and say it to ourselves. I'm qualified to receive it all now. Again, I'm qualified to receive it all now. Now, do you believe that? Yes. We're going to have to enforce that. We're going to have to because when... When we have dearth, lack, need, shortage, or when we are under persecution, or when we just want to get out there, the now part, I'm qualified to receive it all now, is the hard part, is the difficult part, because no doubt we've had some issues that may disqualify us. So we're finding out what the Word says, and just like Jonathan shared about the exponential, When's that supposed to be? Well, when we get better, when we do more seed, when we get spiritual, when there's a revival. Or The truth is, the Lord wants it now. I believe he's quite surprised we haven't done it already. And my people perish for lack of knowledge. So we just hadn't known that we could, or we've known and didn't believe it, which means we didn't know. Same difference. You only believe what you're doing. Amen? So in Romans chapter 8, verse 30... We looked at this verse every week, but let's, uh, uh, verse 30, Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Okay, what shall we then say to these things? Those are pretty stout words, verse 30. Those are pretty stout words. He glorified us. You feel glorified this morning? Probably not checking in on your body or your emotions, you'd say, I don't feel that glorified, but the Word says you are. So we're transitioning over to, from feelings to truth. In verse 30, uh, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Boy, that'll put a backbone in you. That'll put a rod of steel in your spine. That'll... That'll make you invincible. You'll say to the devil, just bring it. I don't care. Verse 32, and here it is. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. It's a rhetorical question. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. Say it with me. All things. So we're saying that I'm qualified to receive it all now. Well, that's, that's a great faith statement. It's a great thing to say, I believe, and hoorah, and all that. But the reality of it is when we need or in the clutch or run in, a, in between the rock and the hard spot, sometimes it's hard to appropriate, I got this. Keith Moore always says, when the devil's got his heel on your neck, just say, I'm winning. Amen. So the New Living says, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? 
If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Now, family, I say if you'll get this in your heart, if you'll get this statement in your heart, your faith will be greatly strengthened. It's a rationale. Our argument that, you know, I hadn't been good enough or things are a little, you know, not now or revival hadn't hit the earth or whatever, whatever we are able to so nimbly come up with, it's just slayed with verse 32. How will he not with these things also give us all things, freely give us all things? So we boil it down and we'll say it again. If God gave us as sons the best of heaven, wouldn't you say everything else is included? You know, you buy a car and you don't have to ask, how much is the steering wheel? Well, we can bring one out here for a hundred more dollars. It's included. We all know it. Used to. My father, back in the early days, he, he uh, retired from the Air Force. My dad was a penny pincher. I mean, he was buying a farm. And, and so he landed in New Jersey and bought a, a, a Plymouth Fury or something. It was the one that had that, those little nut covers on the wheels, uh, black rims with the little, it had no air conditioning. It was vinyl seating, and I mean, I've never seen such a Model T in a blue body. It was, it was so, we were so embarrassed. All our uncles and cousins were driving Electras, and we had the fury, hallelujah. Well, that always reminds me of this, is that well, most people are willing to drive the Plymouth when God has something much, much more for us. So how, if, if God gave you the best of heaven, won't, would he not say that everything else is included? And then I also noted that if he gave what only he could give, if God gave what only he could give, why would he withhold what everything could give? You can work hard or get an inheritance and you can have a mansion or a, a Rolls Royce or whatever you think you can get, why would he, if he could give what only he could give, not give us everything else? It just blows our little thinking, our little carnal thinking. It just blows it up. So um, I wrote down this, and I'll say it. Church, the church believes that God watches us to qualify us for whatever he wants us to have. The church acts like, generally speaking, that God is watching us every day. He's watching to see if you have good attitudes, seeing if you do right. Did you read your Bible? Did you pray for somebody? Was you mean? Were you, were you grump grump? Oh, you know, and if you, wherever you land on the scale, that's where your reward factor is. Nobody would admit it, but the whole church acts like that's true, so that's what they believe. Are y'all in agreement with that? Amen. So, the church, the church at large, at least the American church, uh, refuses to qualify us to receive everything by grace. And they want us to receive, they, they, they refuse to, to uh, agree that we are based on what has already happened versus what is happening. You can have a bad week, you can even have a bad month. Do you all know those people? They're having a bad year or whatever and they go you're, you're you're bad but god thinks we're all good he thinks we're qualified 
So the church, the church I understand, they qualify for the new birth. The church will say, most of them, we are qualified for the new birth. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So they'll let us have that. They'll, they'll say, God did that, and now we can have what he did. They'll also say that we're, we're in a way, this is tricky, to, we're entitled to receive miracles as he sees fit. You never know what God's going to do. So they'll acknowledge God sent a miracle because he can. He can do anything. He just doesn't much. And thirdly, I wrote down that uh, the church qualifies us to receive wonders. God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And so good things do happen to Christians, but you can't explain it. It's just off the cuff. God didn't look at your performance, obviously. Certainly no grace involved. He just wanted to mess with you and say he could do good things even though you've been going through old Billy. That's generally the attitude, the perspective of the church. And the reason I know that is because I came from that, and I still have lots of family that are in that. And uh, they won't, you know, if you confront them, they won't agree with what you're believing. But if you just listen to them, they'll tell you what they believe. That God's in control. That God's in control and that everything happens for a reason. And so if uh, something's happening, God caused it to come or allowed it to come. And that he has a purpose, a divine purpose for taking your little baby or, you know, your husband's not here anymore, or you lost your job when everybody else kept theirs. But we believe that it's already been done. Because the Word says, how will he not with him freely give us all things? So he's already done something. Uh, we believe that if we pray, we can believe we receive when we pray, and it happened. Didn't see it that day necessarily, but that it did happen. Y'all say amen when you get it, amen. Uh, I've noticed that we are disqualified to receive things from God by ourselves. If you just have a need in your life, a significant need, that we're all very reticent to believe we can receive that by ourselves. So what do we do? What does the church do? They call up the prayer chain. They call up somebody. They, get, they go to church and get hands laid on them or something. And I've asked, and people don't want to tell me, this thing that you're asking me to agree with you about, have you prayed about it? And you, could, you just have slapped them and say your mama wears army shoes, boots. You have insulted them that you would ask that. But the truth is... Hardly anyone in the church believes they can receive anything on their own. And that we have faith in your faith. We have faith in pastor's faith. Or we have faith in just our neighbor who just loves God and, 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 and goes to a soup kitchen and serves every other day. Uh, but, but as far as receiving for ourselves, we don't want to do that by ourselves. We do not have a confidence that it changes anything, and we don't want to be alone. We don't want, we're unsure. We're not, we're not, it might not happen. Like 
because I prayed lots of things and they didn't happen. So I'm going to go the my friend route or the pastor route or call into a ministry and say, would you agree with me? And we obviously think they have power that we don't have. But we will pray for other people. And we will, we will qualify them, even though we're not qualified to receive on our own, in our minds, in our hearts. We will pray for other people. And how we pray for them is that we qualify them. Don't we qualify people? Don't we sell, tell them God's a good God? Don't we tell them God's, God wants to help you and I'm believing with you and two can put 10,000? We begin to qualify people that we pray for. We'll say, well, here in the word, by his stripes ye were healed. We'll tell them things that we never looked at when we were on the, on the, the spear. We'll tell them, you can do it. God will do it. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's, let's believe God. And we have a confidence. And so because of us, they have a confidence. They're like, yeah, right. God would. And you know, I, I've been, and, and we don't look into their lives and say, well, let me, let me have a little countdown of what you've been doing so I'll know how to pray. We don't do that, do we? We, you've been sorry as a, you've been acting terrible, but we don't care because God is love and God wants to demonstrate and give, give you a test. We, we go right past all those arguments that we were absolutely shut down over for ourselves. We go through all the arguments. Well, I did this and I didn't do that. And then the therefore comes and what comes after therefore Let's call a ministry. Let's go to church and let's, or whatever, or let's just hope. All of those things. Uh, but my question is, and that's what I want to do this morning, is because I, I'm teaching on qualified to receive it all now. Will he not with him freely give us all things? Will he not with him freely give us all things? Freely give us, a freely give. Well, you got to do this or got to give that in some churches. Historically, you had to bring money. You had to bring indulgences. You had to bring, you had to tell God, I'm bringing this money. And so would you, would you make, would you cut me up to the better place in line? And the church encouraged that. And they put priests in there, like, you can't go to God on your own. You need a priest. But we are kings and priests unto God. I don't need anybody to go to God. Do you? I have, I'm a son. All us sons, we just jump in and walk, walk in, and we jump in and get in Daddy's lap because he's our father and we are his sons. We, we're not out there in the sheep gate trying to see if we can get... We're not by the pool hoping that the angel will come down and stir the waters because you never know what God's going to do. We just, we just come, we come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. I mean, we just like, I'm next. I'm his favorite. Why wouldn't I be next? And we get an attitude on us that produces. But a lot of churches, I mean a lot of people, a lot of Christians do not. And they're hamstrung. And they can only go as far as somebody that they know can go. And they always give a pass to when it doesn't happen for them that their friend just didn't have it. Well, pastor didn't have it. He prayed for me, but I didn't get it, and so he didn't have it. I need to catch him sometime or Brother Doodly Doo's coming in, 
and he's got a ministry, he's got, he, and I'll get him to pray for me because I cannot do anything about my situation by myself. We need to break that. We got to come past that. We got to grow up. We got to be sons. We got to be who we are. And so I, I, I believe the reason that we don't receive on our own is what we call condemnation. And so I looked up the word. It's quite a flowery word. It means the expression of very strong disapproval. Condemnation. It's a, especially towards yourself. Now, if somebody else says something naughty about us or our, mo our mama, we're at war. But we will say it of ourselves and try to figure out how to be worse. It, it is. The word, uh, the, the, uh, the thesaurus, thesaurus, has other words for it. It means censure, censure. So we, we censure ourselves. It's criticism. It's denunciation. Every good thing we said, I'm, blo I'm blood-bought. Greater is he that is in me. He always causes me to triumph. Uh, by his stripes I was healed. We, we denunciate all those things of, I don't feel very worthy. It means damnation. Woo. Uh, vilification. Y'all know that word. Disapproval. Absolutely. If we are self-condemned, we are self-disapproved. Because you can always do more. Y'all know we could always pray more, read the word more, be kind. We could always. We come short of the glory of God regularly based on performance. We can't make it. We can't do it. We never, we never will. It means sentenced to punishment. Wow, that's a word for condemnation. We sentence ourselves to punishment. In other words, I'm not worthy to be healed. I'm not worthy. Or I don't know, we'll just stick it out there and see. It's kind of like a COVID test or something. We'll, we'll go in there and let them stick us, and, and in two days we'll know if we had it or not. Well, that's the way a lot of Christians are. They'll stick it out there and say, Lord, if it be thy will. Or, you know, I'm hoping. It doesn't hurt to try. You know, you have not because you ask not. All these weak little things that give the devil every opportunity to cut us off. And then when we are cut off, when it didn't happen like we prayed or believed, then we have an attitude, and I say we, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about this kind of Christian. We have, you know, well, that's what I expected, that's, that's about right. That's about right. That's pretty much what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> it means excoriation. It means a lot of other words, but I, I, I picked out the ones that I could say. Hallelujah. <laughs> Excoriation. Hallelujah. So the truth is, now let's just, let's just wrap this thing up. Condemnation is the lie. Say it with me. Condemnation is the lie. The Lord never uses condemnation and says it's truth. It may be true what they say about me, but it's not who I am. I may have done what they said I did, but that's not who I am. You always have to have that in your, your little uh, quick response. I may have done what they said I did, but that's not who I am. I'm in the garage, but I'm not a car. Amen. 
So condemnation is the lie. Now, if the Lord wants to get to you, He'll convict you. He'll say, we can do better. He doesn't say, you are a, you are a, de- you are a, a bad dog. I'll say that. He never says that. He just says, hey, let's giddy up and do better next time. Uh, you can do it. Greater is he that's in you. I put him there. And so the condemnation, the lie, is not from heaven. So if it condemns us, we just know we've had a visitation from the evil one, the accuser of the brethren. He is the accuser of the brethren, isn't he? And so when we've been accused of not lining up, measuring up, it's a lie. Now, it may be true that we didn't do right. That's often true. But it has nothing to do with my life. What does the price of rice in the Philippines tomorrow morning have to do with anything in your life? I submit it's a non-factor. And I tell you, the Word says the same as the price of rice in the Philippines is a non-factor. What you've done and not done is not a factor. The Lord does not hold our sin against us, but we do. So he said, if you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you, cleanse you, cleanse your soul of all unrighteousness, of all condemnation. So we, we get it out there and say, you know, I know you're not holding against me, but this thing's bugging me. I, I just can't seem to get in the mood to pray, to exercise my faith. So, Lord, I'm confessing that what I did was against you, against my call, against my everything. And so I just eviscerate it. I get it out of my life. I, I loose it, and it loses its power. I unplug its source, you know, the, the plug out of the wall. I just turn this thing off. And that's what it does. You don't have to tell anybody. You don't have to, you know, it's between you and the Lord because the condemnation that we face is between us and the Lord. We're trying to get something from Him, but this thing stands in the front and says, not on my watch. You're not getting anything from heaven because you've been bad to the bone. If people only knew how bad you were, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even come around. And it's just not true. We've all done bad things. And we're not even through. It's not like, let me give you my testimony. I used to sin. Yeah, missing the mark is just not uncommon. We don't want to, and we're better at it. And we get it out of our lives better. But, uh, but the Word says, sin shall not have dominion over you. And so anytime it dominates, stands between you and the answer, between you and fellowship, between you and being who you are, it is the lie, it is the, the antidote to you walking and I walking in victory. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 Samuel. Condemnation. Condemnation. 1 Samuel. Now, it's back there where the pages might stick together a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now, you know this. This is a scripture that we, we look to often to be encouraged. But let's just look at a little part of it in verse 6. Now, the story is, David went out and fought the bad guys, whoever they were. He left all of his family at home, and him and all the warriors went out, and when they came back from the victory, someone had snuck around and hauled off all their stuff and their wives and their children. And, and, and the boys that were with him were, were ticked. Can you say that word in church? They were, they were, they were hot because they went out and did the king's business 
And the king couldn't protect them from these hostiles. And verse 6 says, uh, well, we'll go to verse 5. David's two wives were taken captives. Uh, girl number one and girl number two. In verse 6, and David was greatly distressed. Why? For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. He was grieved. He was greatly distressed, the word says. Greatly distressed. When's the last time you were greatly distressed? It wasn't because we didn't have pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving, and you were greatly distressed. It wasn't because they got the wrong size for you on your birthday. The sweater just didn't fit. Greatly distressed. It's the deepest and the, and the, the hardest place to, to come in your soul. But it says David had an antidote. Let's read that part together. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now let me read this. And David said to Abathar the priest, Abahimelech's son, I pray, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod, which is a cloak. It's a, a cloak, a cape. And David inquired at the Lord. And this is how they did it. Sometimes they did it with the Urim and the Tumen. But uh, the ephod, it's, it's what Elijah threw down and it fell on Elisha. And the double anointing came on him, the double he said, so David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he, God, answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I love that last part. We all use it. And without fail recover all. And when, when we don't know how it's going to go, we look to this, even if it's Old Testament, and say, I don't know about what's going on here, but I know you did that for David. Without fail, you shall recover all. He inquired of the Lord. So, uh, listen to this. The word of the Lord qualified David to receive. Let's say it together. The word of the Lord qualified David to receive. So here, if that's what qualified him to receive a victory... Because he's greatly distressed. And listen, the boys could throw rocks. His, his group knew how to throw a rock. And they spoke of stoning him. Well, if, they, if any of them picked up a rock, there'd be two or three at least more. And you're done. You can't defend yourself against a stoner. You can't outrun them. You can't get in a hole. You can't climb in a tree. You're done if they decide to stone you. And so the word of the Lord qualified David to receive. Now, what does the word qualified mean? I looked it up because I wanted to know, so I wrote it down, and it means competent. It means authorized. Hallelujah. I like that word authorized. I'm authorized to receive healing in my body. Uh, it means equipped. It means proven. It means vetted. It means uh, fit. It means certified. I like certified. Bonafide, certified is what we say. It means entitled. He was qualified, and therefore he was entitled. It means permitted, and then a modern term is measured up. Do you measure up? Yes, I'm qualified. I measure up. I've met the minimum standards, and I can have whatever the minimum standards for this level produces. So what do we say? 
Well, the blood of Jesus has qualified me and you. Not performance. Now, in the Old Testament, if you did bad things, you had to go to the, the corner and do a timeout. All the time, they were, God just said, that's the way you're going to act? Just let the, the Perezerites and the Hittites and all them, let them just do what they want to with you. And that's what they did. When they wouldn't listen to counsel, when they wouldn't be qualified as sons of Israel. But the blood of Jesus has qualified me. Aren't y'all glad? The blood of Jesus is able to always qualify me since it never loses its power. It's never out of season. It's never picky or respectful to who. If you receive Jesus, the blood of Jesus has qualified you, has vetted you, has certified you, and all these other words. Uh, that doesn't mean I want to act like the devil because certainly sin has consequences, doesn't it? God forgives us, God gets past it, but it certainly has uh, consequences. If you steal, they're looking for you. They want their apple back or whatever you took. They, you, they're looking for you and it's going to be embarrassing and all of that stuff. Let's turn to Psalm 91. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, how, how would he do that? How would he encourage himself? In other words, he had a little space of time there between... Great distress and them actually stoning him. It was up to him and it's up to you. We're not dependent on somebody else making the right decision. I'm in charge. You and I are the prophets of our own life. And I have the choice. I decree a thing and it's established unto me and the light shines upon my way if I decree a thing. Job, the thing he greatly feared came upon him. The great thing he greatly said came upon him. He feared. So we, it's up to me. It wasn't up to Job. It was up to Job, but he, he chose wrong. But we got to choose right. Amen? So it says in Psalm 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, now, would that encourage you in the Lord? If they're, they're all picking up rocks... I will save the Lord, David could have said. Now Moses wrote this, probably. Moses wrote this, but so David would have had access to it in some measure. I will save the Lord. Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. My God, in you will I trust. That would encourage you, wouldn't it? That would say that. Surely he shall deliver me, he would say, from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He could have added a little thing there from rock throwers. He shall cover me with his feathers, and under his wings shall I trust. His truth shall be my shield and buckler. I shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, or rocks that get slung over the, over the fence, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me, nigh me. Now that's encouraging. So we're seeing here how David encouraged himself. He didn't just think pleasant thoughts. You know, I loaned, I, I loaned Josiah $10 and he wouldn't stone me until he got his money back or something. That's not how he encouraged himself. Only with mine eyes shall I see and behold the reward of the wicked. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. There shall be no evil befall me, and neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. 
for he shall give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. David could have rehearsed that. I don't know if he knew that psalm, but there's 150 of them that we know of and other things. That's how he encouraged himself. That's how you have to encourage yourself. You have no access to uh, some secret plan or some secret weapon or defensive mechanism that keeps trouble off you. Um, let me read you a word that encouraged me in 2001, 20 years ago. Uh, this word came to me uh, in a meeting. A man named Tracy Harris brought it. He's very competent. He's very accurate. And he's always getting, giving words like this so he can be judged. And in this word, he said, If you will follow me, speaking for the Lord, he's prophesying, If you will follow me, I will anoint you to prosper when it is physically impossible at times for the ends to meet. Now, I don't know where y'all was in 2001, but I was pastoring a, a church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And uh, when, when he said, at times, he, when it's impossible physically at times for the ends to meet, I knew what he was talking about. Do y'all know what he's talking about on you? Have you had times where it seems physically impossible for the ends to meet? But then he went on. He said, they shall not only meet, saith the Lord, they shall overlap. Well, you've heard me say it all, all the time. The ends meet and they overlap. Well, it came from this word. I'm, I'm encouraging myself that though, you know, there wasn't much in this offering or it wasn't much in that bank account, the meet, ends meet and overlap. He went on to say, and there will be plenty to give away for I shall send it. Send it through sources you don't even expect. Go about your affairs, believing you have received wisdom inside. This is one of my very favorite words from the Lord. For I have put in you the understanding of what to do. Now that's the most, one of the most valuable things that I have from the Lord that He told me. That I have put in you the understanding of what to do. He want, went on, He said, the Spirit of God wants you to do, wants to do something in Alabama. You've heard this too. Oh, he always wanted to do something. He wants to do something in Alabama. Man, I see that. He's going to break out all over this nation. But for this reason, region, I hear that for this region, God has plans. And I heard him say, Tracy said, you can be in on it. Yes. Well, I, I was encouraged. I believed the word of the Lord as if he had walked through the door and said, Michael, I am your Savior. I am your Redeemer. And this is what I say to you. Now, you, you have to go there because that thing where Jesus walks through the door, not only is it not likely going to happen, but it's not even very trustworthy because of the demons, the devils. I mean, of course, you'd know if it was Jesus or not because they can't mimic that. But you can't wait for that. You can't wait to be... In, you're going to be stoned. They're going to cover you up with rocks if you wait on the Lord Jesus to come through a door and tell you all is well. But you can go to his word, and you can go to prophetic words like I have. I have a book. Uh, it's probably this thick now. Of prophetic words. And I look at them. Because I've been through old Billy. I, I know y'all have too. I know we all have. But in the ministry, and the call of God on me, I, I, he just told me to come to Alabama. 
That's all he said. And I didn't know anybody in Alabama. I knew Patrick Norris, who was a uh, minister that would come through uh, like Joe does. I knew Joe back then in Seminole, and he'd come through. And so when the Lord said, go to Alabama, I said, Patrick, what? What are you doing in Alabama? You're a West Texas boy. He said, well, there's a church in Birmingham that I go to that I've aligned with, and nah, 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 nah. But he's the only one I knew in Alabama when he said, come here. That's a little sketchy. I don't know what y'all think, but that wasn't promising bank accounts and it'll all be well and you'll have meetings waiting on you. No, that's not it. But I was able to encourage myself because he had spoken words about go to Alabama. Turn with me to Matthew. Let's see. Uh, I was going to tell you this. Uh, yeah, turn, turn with me to Matthew 25 if you would. So you got to know that you're qualified. Amen. I got to know you can't. Now, when we sing this these songs, like we sang the second song this morning, what was the name of that, Barry? All hail the power of Jesus' name, and uh, it had a lot of we's in there. We we give you praise. We glorify you. That's not right. I mean, it's right. But it's not what you and I need to know and to hear. I need to hear my saying, myself saying, you are my Lord, instead of you are our Lord. Because I don't know what you're doing out there. And I, I'm, I'm real glad to be with you, but I'm not always glad to be at the level that those things around me are. But I can personalize it, and we should. Maybe not the first time, but we sing these things two times or three. And the second time, I just ignore the, the we and the, and the y'all and whatever else is up there. I put me in there. You are my Lord, not our Lord. I put, I, cause it means nothing. You're just, you're just singing with someone that you haven't even agreed with, except we're all singing because we can all read. Y'all know we can all read. So it doesn't mean anything. If I just say, we, we do this and we do that, I haven't conferred with us and we haven't agreed. But if I say, I, I will trust you, that, that's personal. It's got some words. And I can tell you, just since I'm on it a little bit, if, if we're not vibrating, as it were, you know, doing the shuga-booga, uh, during this because there's a light show and a smoke screen or smoke, you know, all that stuff. I don't want to belittle that, but I'm just telling you. If you'll do it then, but you won't do it here without even a leader, a keyboard, a drummer, a, 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 a doodle-doo, if you won't do it here, but you would do it there, it tells you what's there that makes you do it. That's not spiritual. That's emotional. Am I telling the truth? I mean, if they, if they hype you up, it's a rock concert with Christian words. And I'm not against it. I'm not saying you can't do it, but we ought to see the people that do that. They ought to get in a room like we're in where there is no leader, no drums, no, no anything, and we want to see them vibrate here. Then we'll know those people are in the Spirit. But it doesn't mean I'm not in the Spirit. It just means that I'm... I'm changing the words. It's personal. It's heartfelt. It's, it's connecting. You are my Lord. 
And I'm just singing with a whole bunch of other people that say, simultaneously, you are my Lord. But we doesn't get it. Do what you want. Of course, do what you want. But you'll go in deeper if you make it personal. When you, it's not if, if, uh, if we confess our sins, he's, he's uh, faithful and just to forgive our sins. It's my sins. He's forgiving my sins if, when I confess my sins. And when I say Jesus is Lord, He's my Lord. Now we all agree, and you know, it's not a thing where we don't, but there's people that aren't even born again that can read that. Well, I got on that, and I shouldn't have, but I, I did it anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> where, where are we? Matthew 25. Now, we're talking about being qualified. We're talking about being qualified for all of it right now. Will he not with him freely give you all things? Are you qualified? Now, even if you believe he's given it, and we, we mostly do, we don't always believe, believe to receive, that we can receive it. Well, it's like he never gave it if you can't receive it. It's like God was saying, I ain't giving you anything, you sorry booger. It's no different if you say, well, I believe you gave it, but I'm not receiving it. It's no different. You don't have it. Matthew 25, 21. I love this verse. I have for a long time. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Now this, is, this seems like it's works, that we do works, but it's talking about faithfulness. It's talking about being sold out in your heart and having a corresponding action. And we know, we know, we know, I've talk, talked it for 25 years, that this word faithful can be, it has been, not always, can be translated, easily persuaded to believe. So, well done thou good and easily persuaded to believe person. I got a bunch for you. And so I wrote down that we have to change the level of intensity of expecting. In other words, if we have to hammer on you for 30 days and 30 nights, I'm talking about the Lord, to get you to say, well, maybe so, we've missed it. It's already gone by. The things in the kingdom now are different than they used to be. He expects us that we've grown up and that we trust him. And that when he brings something into our life, he doesn't have to hammer us and bait us and explain to us and put something on the line that shows that he's sincere. Lord, if you'll... If it's really you, scratch on the wall that, you know, whatever. My, my son's social security number or something like that. Something that only you know, Lord. If we have to do that, we, we're, not, we're, we're children. We're just going to be, we're sons, but we're children. But if you take a word like I got and meditate it for 20 years, and I have, things are going on. Now, just a little personal note here. I don't really know how, how or what. But a lot of times I notice, and I ask Barry, did anybody get the tape of that prophetic word? And he will say no. So that just means we're not easily persuaded to believe. It wasn't a word from heaven. It was just an encouragement from pastor. And who knows what his motives are. He's just trying to butter us up so we'll come or give or whatever. You know, that's, that lumps me in with a bunch of things that I am not. So we gotta, we gotta ramp it up. We gotta say, if you'll say it, Lord, I'll believe it. And believing, I will be doing.
You got any words in your life that are waiting to be birthed? That you know you're pregnant, you know it's in there, but it's like, we're not letting this thing out. Because then I'd have to change this, and I don't know how you'd do that. And what would people think, and all that. So we're not easily persuaded to believe. It's got to be where we're hanging off the cliff by one foot. And he says, I'll lift you up if you'll say calf rope. And we say, okay. Well, that doesn't make you a believer. It just it makes you a, preserv- a pre- preserver or self-preservation or whatever. That's not faith. It's, he, no, heaven's not impressed with that. But they are impressed when you say, well, like that word in, uh, I use it all the time, where the, the word says David went up to the camp and he, he said, whoever goes up first will be chief and captain. And Josiah went up and became chief. And it's, it's Peter when he said, if it be thou, Lord, bid me come. And there's 11 pairs of little eyes just looking over the top of the boat. And, and Peter's bounding out there on the water. It's that. It's that. So you go, well, we're waiting on God to have, we're waiting on the Lord to host a move of God. No, we're not. We have plenty in our life to act on that qualifies us for whatever we believe that we're supposed to be involved in with our only one and only life. But if we're holding out until he does something again, I need a corresponding word for that. Well, there's lots of witnesses, but you don't always get a second word. Besides... We know inside. So I said we need to change the level and degree of intensity of expecting to believe. We've got to like, I'm waiting on a word. I'm waiting on Siri, you know, to tell me, go this way, or the, the Garmin girl, the, the direction girl, you know, that says, it's like, uh, here comes a T up here, wonder which way, s- the girl that's telling you which way to go, wonder which way she's going to say, I don't know. But we're, we got, we got a, our hands on the steering wheel. We can go left or right. And we're just waiting on the word. And as soon as she says go left, we're over there. We're not debating it, stopping and holding up traffic and saying, I don't know. I need another word. These things are like, that's kind of picky. The kingdom of God is so magnificent and so awesome that he can't turn it over to just a bunch of novices, a bunch of babies that just say, we'll try. He's made us captains and kings over his stuff. And we're going to come back and rule a thousand years with him on earth after heaven. He needs somebody that knows what they're doing. You go, well, God's in control. Well, I, you know, he, he's in control if you're in control. Praise God. So... Let me write, let me tell you what else I wrote. I said, believing the promises attracts the promises that fit that day. Believing the promises attracts the promises. So if you believe by his stripes I was healed, and I don't need anybody, and we're not coming against you needing somebody, I, I don't, I don't always walk out there on my own. I get somebody to agree with me and pray with me and all that. There's nothing wrong with that, but we just can't be so afraid that it says it can't happen unless I have somebody. Because what if you don't have somebody? This stuff needs to work in the Nicaraguan jungles where there's nobody around. 
PTL hotline or, or whatever, you know, ah, you're not going to get in to Brother Copeland's hotline. You're, not, you're in Nicaragua. You're in the jungles. So it's got to work. You got to say, if nobody's around, I got this. So I, I've, I've already given you uh, this. Let me just go through real quick. The four things that I believe you need in your life to qualify. Now, you're qualified by the blood. I'm not saying that you would qualify, but that you would allow yourself to be qualified. Did y'all get that? We're not saying you got to do these things to qualify, because we're all qualified. Y'all say amen when you get it. I'm qualified by the blood of Jesus. I've been refathered from above. I'm a son, I'm an heir, and a joint heir with Jesus. There's no qualifying, well, if you'll do this, if you'll jump through this hoop, hoop, well, we'll let you do something else. I'm qualified to qualify. Well, the first thing I said is that we believe God's Word more than feelings or traditions. You, you, got, you got to say, nope, everything, everything is suspect until it's the Word. What I'm preaching to you this morning is all suspect. I, none of this is, is like take it and don't. You got to check this out. You got to go to the Word. And we said, John 8 32, you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Number two, we said that we have to uh, accept, I have to accept that I've been refathered from above. I've been refathered from above. I'm a son. Boys and girls, we're all sons. We're sons. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You've got to know that. You've got to never even flinch when the devil says, Are you really, are you in or are you just in the process of getting in? You know, when you get the little better, little little more spiritual, then God's going to let you be a full-blown son. But right now, you're, you're in an adoption process. You've you got to get rid of that. You've got to have that thing nailed. I am a son, and if anything goes to sons, it goes to me. If he's doing anything for anybody in the earth, anybody, anybody, Oral Roberts or Kenneth Copeland or whoever you might say is great and they're a special son, You'd be wrong. There are no special sons. We're all special sons. And there's no qualifications. He's no respecter of person. So if he'd do it for anybody, he'll do it for me. That's the attitude you've got to have. Because I'm as qualified as anybody that's ever been qualified. If they seem to be more qualified for, than me, it's because they've received that truth more than me. They've just said, I'm a son all the way. And you're saying, well, I'm, I'm a part-time son. Number three... We live without limits. We say nothing is impossible. If you, if you have limits or borders or boundaries that you think God can't cross for you, then you're not going to be able to receive or qualify on your own. You're going to need some help. Please tell me I'm okay. Please tell me I'm a son. Please tell me God would do this for me. You'll get healed. You'll get help. But you can't do it on your own. And number four, we said the name of Jesus. You've got to believe and act like the name of Jesus is exactly as powerful as the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus. Now, if Jesus came through the door and said, Jonathan, I have, been, I have come to tell you some secret stuff. 
and here I am, I'm going to heal you, and I'm going to put jingle in your pocket and everything. And John said, it finally came. It finally came that Jesus came. Oh, you got to believe the name of Jesus is just as good. You go, well, it can't be as good. It is. It is or it's nothing. It is or it's nothing. Family, I'm preaching real good this morning. You, you go, well, how can anybody go there? Sure can. I can go there. You can go there. We can work on this and say, well, I didn't realize there was four wheels on the ground and I didn't put that fourth tire on. You're, you're not going very far very fast. Put them all on. Uh, this one has a scripture we looked at. Mary uh, said, uh, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke one thirty seven, And we said, uh, another translation says, it is impossible for God to do nothing. I like that impossible for God to do nothing. Like, ah, uh, you're, you know, you get on the phone wanting a part or something, your wait time is expected to be two hours and 30 minutes. And then you wait two hours and they say, we've gone to the house, click. That's not the way this is. Uh, the Amplified says, for with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. You've got to go, you got to walk around saying, this is happening. This is happening. It's happening for me, and I'm not waiting on being qualified except to say, this is happening to me. This is happening to me. He told me, he ministered to me, he gave me a word or whatever. This is who I am, this is what I have, and this is what I do. If you don't know who you are, you don't know what you're going to do, and you don't know what you have. You'll always be in the hesitation mode until you know, I am a son. Actually, pretty much his favorite. I mean, we'd all say that. I mean, he likes some other folks pretty good, but when he's dreaming, he's dreaming of me. Right? Amen. Um, we don't have time for that. Uh, God will see to it that every word of His will actually happens. I'm going to read this one. Acts 3.16, let me just read it to you. It says, For His name, and His name through faith in His name, and His name through faith in His name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all. We've got to get a hold of the name of Jesus. You've got to get a hold of the name of Jesus. You don't just sling it around and say, you know, I'm going to bake a cake in the name of Jesus. You know, that might be a little slanderous. It makes it common. But if you are facing anything... The name of Jesus is your door. And there is no other door. I'm going to read 1 John. Y'all don't have to go there, but let me just read 1 John. I just found this during the service. It says in verse 13, yes, yes, sir. And these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So Paul's writing this letter. That ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know you're born again, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And then he goes on, and this is the confidence because of that that we have in him. If we ask him anything according to his will, he heareth us. 
Sometimes you're breaking up, Lord. Uh, I lost that call got dropped. Nope. Direct line. Nobody else is on the line. It'll take 10 gazillion peoples at once, but I'm the only one on the line. And uh, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And you got to have this name of Jesus that said it's fixing to happen. You know, Mildred, it's uh, I'm going into my office at 205 and I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to ask in the name of Jesus. So at 205, Mildred, we have it. You go, nobody does that. You know, you just don't know. You just don't aren't sure. It could be God's in control or he might have a will about that that you don't know or more. He might override that or like. That's when it's happening. When I go in in the name of Jesus and what things soever I desire when I pray, I believe I receive them. It happened then. Even UPS or Amazon. Yeah, Amazon would be it. Even they say, as soon as you order, we're shipping. Is that right? They're shipping. And they'll tell you, it'll be there August 28th. Well, this is just the 24th. It'll be there. It'll be there. Well, Amazon's nobody from nowhere doing nothing. This is the Lord Jesus. So you can be healed all by yourself. I don't recommend that you just jump off and say, I'll never ask anybody to help me again. That wouldn't be, that'd be foolish. But you have a confidence that I can't be put in a bad spot. I can't be put in a place where it can't happen because my, my good buddy's in the Philippines or something. Or my wife's mad at me. She's cranky and she's, I'm not asking her to help me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we become dependent on the things of the Spirit. Your word is life. And we have no other life. We have no plan B. We have no strategy apart from what your word has laid out for us. And Lord, we look to you in everything. Lord, we, we ask for boldness. You said we should. So we ask for boldness to do what we're called to do, what we're called to have, because of we believing of who we are in you. We step back from unbelief. We step back from fear. We step back from timidity. We, we step back from bad experiences and memories of something that was precious that didn't happen. You didn't, you didn't come through, Lord. And so how can we trust you again? It wasn't you that failed, Lord. It was us. And your word never fails. So we change. We adjust. We go to heaven with a testimony that we live like sons. And we carried out the will of our Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. We ought to be changed. I've delivered the Word of the Lord in four sessions. We ought to be changed. You ought to be easily persuaded to believe. And not just go home and say, Well, that was good. Well, what did he preach on? I don't know, but it was real good. we got to say, I am a doer of the Word I hear. Amen. 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 There's a, on broadcast, I don't know if it's here or not, but there's a gum disease, and it's at the back on the bottom. It's, uh, you've already lost a tooth, I believe, and, uh, but it's messed up. It's messed up back there, and here you are, believing God. I agree with you, and I declare you healed and whole. That thing is drying up and leaving your body now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing into your body 
and that your jaw, your teeth, your gums, every part of your mandible is healed now. We declare it in Jesus' name. So if that's you, just rejoice and say, Yay, it happened. Amen. All right. God bless you. God bless you. River Church.